Hi, this is Marissa Meyer. And this is Delaney. And this is Sloane. And you're listening to the Prince Kai Fan Pod. Hello, welcome to episode 119 of the Prince Kai Fan Pod, a Marissa Meyer book club podcast where Captain is King, Marissa is Queen, and I am your host, Bethany Finger. This episode is brought to you by Rampian Crew patron supporters. Thank you. Please welcome author Mary, also known as M.T. Zimney. Hello! Is it Zimney? Zimney, yeah, Zimney. like Zimney. I think that's but fun. Now, was, like it, it. was it a wedding present, or is that your maiden name? So that is my maiden name. Oh. Uh, and the, so the, the T and MT is actually the initial for my uh, wedding present. <laughs> wedding <laughs> name. Um, but I, I told my husband, I was like, if I ever write a book, I'm using my maiden name because it's much more marketable than your last name. <laughs> and he was like, that's fine. Oh, so, that's so funny. I was... I do sometimes get, like, a little self-conscious, like, oh, are all the older relatives thinking I'm planning on divorcing him? But I'm not. It's just, uh, there's less, less authors out there with Zimney. Right? I, I'm not sure I have to worry about finger at all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've met another finger, so. Yeah, it's not common. <laughs> I get lots of people that say they like my name, and so I always say it's a wedding present. Like, that. Oh, I like that. I thanks, like it that. was a wedding present. Or I get people that like my first <laughs> name, and so I'll say, thanks, it was a birthday present. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to steal that now. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so let's talk about your book, Beta. I'm about halfway through it right now. I was hoping to finish it. Um, but it just, it's finals week and it just didn't work yeah. out that way. <laughs> well, it's a fat book too, so I don't blame Yeah, you. this isn't small. Like a lot of indie authors, they're like 200 pages. This is like a 600 page book. This is like, it's, this yeah. is like grabbing a Harry Potter again. <laughs> it's, I've had multiple people like message me after they get it in the mail and they're like, it's bigger than I thought it would be. I'm like, yeah. But then I've also had a few people who told me that they finished it in one day and I'm like, did you eat? And they're like, no. Yeah, see, and so, I'm a my my former co host Ashley, she could probably do it in a day. Um, but I'm a really slow reader. <laughs> I am too. I I can't read it in a day and I wrote it, so <laughs> Yeah, I I think it's good for a dystopian novel to be like three to six hundred, though. I think a lot of them are. Yeah, I think, are going to well, be I that mean, it's long. It's a whole new world, and it's all these different like rules you have to introduce. Uh, and there's lots of, of characters. Oh, I have between the two books I counted the other day, I have seventy characters. Oh goodness, having, uh, I have like twenty in mine, and I'm already like. <laughs> You know what? I think those are fun, though. It's like more world building. Right, right. And they're helpful, so. Yeah. Although I don't know how they work with ebooks, but no, well. You can, I'm sure it works the same. You just go to the top and find it. Fair, yeah. Fair yeah. <laughs> so do you uh, remember how you found Marissa Meyer and, like, what was the first book you read by her? So the first book I read by Marissa Meyer was Cinder, 
Uh, I actually have a really good story. Yes. Um, my senior year of high school, I did what was called Distinguished Readers through our high school's library. Basically, you had to read X amount of books and tell the librarian. And then at the end of the year, there was a big banquet for all the kids who did Distinguished Readers. Um, Marissa and I had just released Cinder like maybe five or six months before this. And my school got her to come talk to us at our <gasps> What? And, like, she was relatively unheard of at the time. That's how they got her. <laughs> I know. Well, that and Can't get her now. We, I know. <laughs> well, we, we... I live in western Washington, so <gasps> oh, she's nearby. That makes so a lot more sense, though. She doesn't have to, like, travel across the country. She's, like... Yeah, it yeah. was maybe an hour tops for her to get to our school. Okay, that's fair. And I remember, like, she got up. She talked all about Sailor Moon fan fiction. Uh, she talked all about Cinder. And uh, I remember turning to the friend next to me, and I told her, I was like, I am also going to be an author. <laughs> You're so cute. I love it. And... I was, oh, I was, like, on cloud nine listening to her, and then afterwards, we all, like, stood in a line so that we could get to meet her, and I didn't have a copy of Cinder yet, so I was not able to get an autograph, oh. and I remember specifically waiting to, like, be <laughs> at the back of the line so I could, like, sneak in a couple extra minutes talking to her, and I was going to get all the insider information I needed, and then, of course, kids started getting back in line, and I was like, not at the back of the line anymore, and I was like, it's fine, <laughs> and I got up there and was super awkward and shy and was just like, oh, hi, thanks for coming, and, like, bolted. <laughs> so... And then I think, like, a couple weeks later, I got Cinder for my birthday. Um, but then she came, and she did an appearance at Emerald City Comic Con a couple years ago in Seattle. And I had my copy of Cinder, and I was like, I'm going to get her to sign it. And that Sunday, she was doing autographs. But if you've ever been to any Comic Con, you know it's really easy to get sick at them, because it's a lot of yeah. people show up into a small space. And... By the time Sunday rolled around and I'd been carrying Cinder with me in my bag the whole weekend, I just, I did not have it in me to stand fine anymore because I was so sick and I was like, it's fine, I'll call it quits. She's in the area. I'm sure she'll do another event. (laughs) She actually just did a signing at a a local bookshop um, a couple months ago, so... You gotta, you gotta follow her on social media. You'll see her. She does random stuff in Washington all the time since she lives I there. Think, I think most of the stuff since COVID has been virtual because she she did. There's a shop in Spokane, Washington, where she had a virtual event for. Um, oh shoot! Oh shoot! I know its name. The new one. <laughs> Instant the karma. Prudence. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I know the character's name. I can't I can't think of the instant karma. She did one for instant karma at yes. Auntie's bookshop in Spokane. And then okay. I think she just did one, but it was again virtual at third place books, which is a big one in Seattle. But I don't I don't know if she's done any like in person ones since COVID. That's fair. But well, maybe someday. One of these days. She's nearby. <laughs> I'm sure once everything's back to normal, she'll be eager to, like, get back in person in a bookstore. And then I'll I'll go finally get 
finally get center side (laughs) after all these years. So let's talk about what you're currently reading right now. Oh, so I'm actually currently reading another indie author's book. Um, Her name is Tiara Prouty, and she does middle grade. And so it's the second in her Tomorrow is Another Day series. Uh, The first book is called Tomorrow is Another Day, and the second book is called One Demerit, Two Demerit. And it's basically Junie B. Jones meets To Kill a Mockingbird. (laughs) Uh, which is an odd combo, but it is it is just a delightful read. It's just about it's a coming of age series. It starts when the main character is five, and where I'm at currently, she's like eight or nine. So it's it's absolutely like ridiculous, just like <laughs> kind of Junie B. Jones, like the shenanigans that these kids get into she has like 20 something siblings and her dad keeps bringing home more children and like it's it's fun i but i'd love to support my other indie authors so that's tr proudy so that's awesome so i'm i'm almost done with beta i'll probably i'm done with school now so i'll probably finish it in the next couple of days um and then i'm going to read one i just picked up called Hot British Boyfriend by Christy Boyce. Oh, um, I'm there. What is that? I, you know, I just, I saw the name and the cover, and I was like, that looks like a rom-com. I need it. Um, yes. So, let's see what the little summary says here. After a horrifying public rejection by her crush, Ellie Nichols does what any girl would do. She flees the country. To be more precise, <sighs> she joins her high school study abroad trip to England. While most of her classmates are there to take honors courses and pad their college applications, Ellie is on a quest to rebuild her reputation and self-confidence. And nothing is more of a confidence booster than getting a hot British boyfriend. That is very true, Miss Ellie, and I hope you will tell me all about it in, like, four days. Um. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I just watched Loki, so I'm all about finding a hot British boyfriend. <laughs> Sorry to my husband. <sighs> Uh, I, we had to do this, um, I don't watch a lot of TV and movies, (laughs) so we had this, I think you saw it, it was on Instagram where you're supposed to say you're like celebrity crush, and I was like, I don't know. Yeah, I do. It was a Shoto from My Hero Academia. I love him. If he were real, I would definitely have a crush on him, so I was like, you know what, that's, that's my guy. Uh, 100%. I also love my hero academia, so any excuse. I love it. I, it is absolutely one of my favorite shows. It's so much fun. I I love everything about it. I love how over the top it is. I love every time they say plus ultra, like I just die. I started uh, I telling love- I started telling my husband plus ultra now, like, I love you plus yeah. ultra. Plus ultra. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm I'm my heart belongs to Bakugou. Uh No! <laughs> the world's angriest kid. Oh my gosh. Um, Shannon think- Lightyear is a very popular artist on Instagram, and she's also a Patreon member of mine, and she adores him. And oh I'm constantly, gosh. like, messaging her because he stresses me out. No, she makes me laugh every time he opens his mouth. I think oh he needs gosh. yoga. <laughs> yoga maybe or a girlfriend. Oh my gosh. I really want him to, to fall in love 
with the invisible girl because she's like super high energy. So yes. <laughs> I feel like it would work out really well. I think that would be a good match. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So let's talk about some Fan Art Friday because I've got two cute ones for us. Yes. This is from August 13th. The first one is by Ham RB on Instagram. Um, it's not the correct chapter, but they kiss in this chapter, so I'm going with it. And it's so it's Kai and Cinder kissing, all happy and in love. It's I love this picture so I much. I do too. <laughs> I don't. I don't even care that it's not from this chapter. It's. I mean, they do kiss a lot in this chapter, though. So. 18, 19. <laughs> um, I think it's 17, 18. <laughs> I love it. I love that her brain is counting and she can't help it, but not that it she would anyway. <laughs> my absolute favorite part about that job. <laughs> like, oh, such a hallmark of first love. <laughs> I was thinking that too, like every time, when, like while reading this, I was like, oh my gosh, first love drama. That's so cute. I know. I think. I, sh- I mean, we'll talk about it more when we get to the chapter. But I think Melissa does such a good job of just like capturing that super fragile feeling that's also super excited right at the beginning. Oh, I know. I totally agree. But the artwork is beautiful. I love the messy ponytail. I cannot pull off a messy ponytail. So anytime I see a girl no. with one, I'm like, "You look so cute." <laughs> yes. <laughs> respect those who can pull it off right my sister Lindsay looks so adorable in a messy ponytail and she she tries with my head of hair and I'm like girl it's like a squirrel if you put it in a ponytail okay like there's just (laughs) I've got too much hair for that I look straight up like a writer of Rohan if I try to have my yeah it's not good oh that's funny so this next one is by La D Doodles on Tumgr you guys, I literally just found this, like, while trying to find art for this chapter, and it's perfect because it's Winter in her gown giving a very surly Scarlet a box of Sour Apple Petites. Yes. How perfect is you, that? Even though you can't see Winter too well in this picture, I want her dress <laughs> so well. I love that, like, the official elf. I love it. I want Scarlet Scowl. I don't... (laughs) I have a very, like, demure uh, appearance to me, so I don't Mm -hmm. look mad even when I am mad. My my (laughs) mother has told me that I have resting kind face. Like, people just legit don't take me seriously. So, like, I kind of wish I had that scowl so people would (laughs) respect me a little bit. Scarlet has a down. You tell her to smile on the street, she'll bite your finger off. Oh my gosh, right? Scarlet's not about that life. <laughs> no. <laughs> so good. So last week, Patreon got to vote for chapter titles. And chapter two is titled Panic Room by AU-RA. I know I'm probably saying that wrong. Feel free to email me and correct me. I will listen. Uh, chapter <laughs> three is Phoenix by Fallout Boy, a much easier name for me to understand. And chapter four notes. Yeah. Let's get into it. Um, First of all, I was super honored to be assigned 
the first Cinder and Kai chapter of winter. <laughs> I was like, this is the height of my career. <laughs> you are so funny. Uh, I mean, they're, they're, they're the cutest. They are the cutest. And it, even though everyone has their own story, like it is very central to them, I feel like. I mean, it all started with them. It all comes back to Cinder, right? Oh, yeah. And she deserves it, so... <laughs> I think right away, this chapter, I love the detail of her being able to pull up the bl- the blueprints, like, in her eye, and kind of, like, overlay it. Oh, I know, right? And then she can just use that while working, like, who? That would be, that would be so handy. <laughs> but I love that she's like, this is a trick I learned a while back, and it's like, well, it's a trick only you can learn, girl. The rest of us don't have that. <laughs> It's like, uh, yeah, I love how Marissa Meyer can take, like, obviously cyborgs aren't real, but she still finds, like, these details to create and make them feel real. Yes. And that's definitely, like, that moment where she's describing how she's looking at the inner workings of the engine and all of the pipes. And I was like, yeah, no, that's, she's a cyborg. Cyborgs are real. That's absolutely how they work. I also feel like it makes, one of the things I love about this chapter is that Cinder is, like, hiding out. That is such a thing for, like, an awkward teen girl to do when she knows that things are starting to come to a point. Right. Like, you want to spend time with your boyfriend and all your friends. But it's also like, but it's also like there's a a clock above you and you know that it's slowly counting down. And so you just don't, you're like, well, if I'm not there to deal with it, maybe it won't happen. Well, she even says like when she fixes what she's trying to fix, she's like, oh, that'll make takeoffs easier. Girl, you're floating in space. (laughs) When are you taking off? Where are you taking off to? (laughs) She's absolutely avoiding the issues at hand. Like (laughs) a thousand percent, a thousand percent. So she's in there doing stuff that she doesn't need to be doing. I wrote in my notes mechanic stuff like five times. (laughs) I was like, I'm not going to write this out so much. Um, Kai shows up in his military uniform with his shiny black dress shoes. And I love that her heart thumps whenever he's around because I'm so cheesy and my heart does that too. Yes. But it's also like a very human thing because like despite the fact she's a cyborg at the center of it, she's got, she's still got her heart. She's still, she's still just a girl. Yeah. Girl with a crush. Girl with a crush. I mean, I've been married a really long time. I wouldn't consider it a crush at this point, but my husband gets home every day at 4.30 and at 4.15, my heart starts like, thumping. I know I'm about to get my hug. Yes. My husband went on a trip to Texas for like a week a little bit ago, and it was the first time we've been apart since we got married like two years ago, and I was just like counting the hours, like, come back, please. My husband so, is in the military, so they take him away. <laughs> no. But you don't get used to it. And 
it's more than just like I miss talking or I miss having a hug or something. Like one time he had to go to Texas for like, I think a week or a week and a half. And he called me while he was walking around the city because he was like, I found this cute little neighborhood and I was looking at all the houses and I was like, oh, Bethany would love this. And then I was like, Bethany's not here. Like, so it's even, it's more than just like you miss your, your husband or whatever. Cause like for us, we were best friends before we got together. So you miss like the person that you talk to about everything that you share everything with. Right. Uh, I totally get it. I think that probably plays into this chapter, too, because then, I know it's in your notes, but later, she's talking about, like, what a long-distance relationship would look like between the moon and Earth. I mean, that's a pretty big long-distance. If I've ever heard of one, that one is it. That's, yeah, that definitely (laughs) wins. Yeah. So. Try try topping that. We did long-distance, I want to say, like, eight months, and I didn't like it. But it was actually no. worse on my husband. He was he was way worse about it. No. Yeah, he couldn't handle it. He he pushed our wedding date up by like six months because of it. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting married sooner, and I was like, oh okay. Sure. I mean, you're getting married anyway, right? <laughs> right. Doesn't matter when. Nope. <laughs> nice. So Kai comes in and. I love her little joke about sweeping, and he's like, sweeping, right. A broom. Right. People use brooms to sweep. Where would I find a broom? Like, he's so confused by the fact that, like, he's never swept anything in his whole life that he doesn't get that she's making a joke. Right. Well, I also just, like, I really love the mental image of Kai with a broom because it definitely takes the classic image of, like, Disney Cinderella using her <laughs> broom, and in this version, we're talking about the prince getting the broom, but then even that is, like, too much. He does not know where to start. I love that, though. I like the contrast that that provides, and I, to this day, if I carry the broom the way Cinderella did with, like, her elbow down or whatever, I immediately am transported. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not me in my 30s just, like, walking around like, hi, I'm Cinderella, cleaning my own house. I mean, whatever it takes to get the house clean, though, right? <laughs> Usually a really good audiobook or podcast episode. Oh, there you <laughs> go. <laughs> so, Kai is flustered, but he's adapted really well over the last few weeks. He hasn't been complaining. He's helpful. He eats all the crappy food. And Cinder thinks it's adorable watching him try to, like, fit in with everybody. Um, And I love that Kai, like, walks up to her and is like, Aiko is right. You, like, legit cannot stay clean. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I mean, I feel that, though, because I garden and (laughs) come in and there's dirt everywhere. And you'll be like, I'm going to go pull one onion. And then you come in covered in mud. Like, okay. Oh, I wish I, I was a gardener, but I'm totally, totally not a gardener. I don't do that. Oh, gosh. I mean, a lot of my plants <laughs> die, so, like, don't give me too much credit. <laughs> I still have fun with it, though. A lot of my plants die. Uh, <laughs> as long as you have fun with it, I mean, that's, right. what, that's what really matters in the end. I'll get, like, a nice salad at the end of the summer. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I really liked this imagery of 
time, like just being flustered, trying to fit in because I don't know. It's so relatable. Like if you've ever been to a friend's house when they had family over Mm -hmm. and you're like, I do not belong, but I'm going to try to act like I do. Or if you're like the new one in a very established group of friends. Yes. Like in, like people that have been friends for years and know each other really well, and you're walking in like, hi, I'm Bethany. My favorite right. color is purple. Like- <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Gemini. I'm a Gemini. Yeah, I feel that to my core. My husband had so many friends from his youth group growing up, and so when I started dating him, it was very much they had all these, like, established backgrounds and histories with each other and I was just like the new one and I was like I don't know but now we're all so close so Kai just he has to give it a little bit and he'll be there I got really lucky because we were friends for I don't know five years four years something like that before he started dating um so we already had all of the same friends Perfect. So all of his friends were my friends and vice versa. So that wasn't really it. I will say being in the military, we're constantly moving around and that gets annoying. Um, oh, I like it's, a, it's fun and adventurous, but like it is so hard to make friends in your 30s. Because yeah, you're past the point where you're like trying to impress people, but other right. people still want you to try. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's... Oh, I... But I'm lucky that my husband is a teacher and that lots of the other teachers are super cool. So it's like, he's the one who like goes and finds new friends for us. That's so fun. I love that. <laughs> and oh. I'm like, can you just bring me whoever, whoever's like it nice and chill. Internet friends have changed my life. Uh, ever since starting the podcast, I had no idea how close I could be to people I've never met. Yeah. <laughs> so many Instagram friends. So many Instagram friends. Um, Kai, I, I think Kai can't do Instagram friends. No, I don't think Kai could do Instagram. Kai would need, like, a fake photo. He would have to, like, catfish people so that they don't know it's really the yes. emperor. I feel like his Instagram will be set to private, and it would all just be, like, pictures of things he thought looked nice with no caption. <laughs> He just shares a picture of, like, Nancy giving him tea and then, like, a a picture of, like, a wire cutter with no descriptive. It's just, like, the only post is, like, it's, like, a heart emoji is the only commentary and everybody's, like, what? Yes. Yep. That would be, that would be his Instagram. (laughs) Can you hear that? Um... I don't think so. Okay, my dog just started snoring. Oh no! <laughs> and he's right next to me, so I'm like, oh, I wonder how loud that is. So if you're listening and you can hear like a soft snore in the background, you're welcome. Scamp is adorable, and he snores. Um, moving oh. on. So they have their 17th kiss. Yes. And I love that Cinder is like not used to being a giddy girl. Right, because Kai could have anyone. That's actually true. I feel like I feel like so often in rom coms, the girl is like, "Oh, I don't deserve him. He could have any girl," and I'm like, "Yeah, could he though?" No, Kai could. No, he literally got the queen of the moon, young hot emperor. He could get some. (laughs) 
I, I think the, I mean, there's going to be people that aren't interested in him, of course, but like, right. it's a pretty small number of people. Right. But, no, I, I would probably be right there with Cinder, like, okay. <laughs> uh, like, delightfully confused, but. But like, going with the flow. Oh, absolutely. I like that she's keeping track. Also, I don't know, like, it made me feel. Like, she's trying to collect as many kisses as she can because she knows it's going to have to end. Well, like you talked about, it's the long distance is, what was it, 384,000 kilometers. That's long. That's very far. That's, like, super far away. (laughs) That's, like, as far as from here to the moon. Only I'm not being facetious. That's a legit comparison. That's it. (laughs) It's, I don't know, it feels almost like like she is trying to see how how high can she get that number before everything kind of has to fall apart. Yeah, I agree. Flappy like, bird. Have you seen the TV show Friends? I have not. Well, there's a scene, and I know it word for word, but I'm going to insert it. <laughs> Everyone who's listening is about to hear it because you know you if you listen to the podcast, you know I'm going to go find the audio and insert it right here. Do you ever, um, like, think about the future? Sure I do. Yeah? Am I in it? Honey, you are. There's a scene in season two when Monica is talking to her boyfriend, Richard, and she goes, do you ever think about the future? And he goes, I do. And she goes, am I in it? And he goes, you are it, honey. Oh. And I immediately thought of that when she was like, do you ever think about the future? Am I in it? I was like, oh, Kai. <laughs> and Kai is like, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> the good future or the bad future. Ugh. There's two different futures to take into consideration. I mean, we're really setting up the stakes here at the beginning of the book. <laughs> I know. We're like 30 pages in and Marissa's like, don't worry, guys. We're still dramatic. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to read <laughs> from page 38. Yes. Defeating Lavana and becoming Luna's queen was only the beginning of an entire galaxy's worth of worries. She so badly wanted to stay like this cocooned in this spaceship together and safe and alone. But that was the opposite of what was going to happen. Once they overthrew Levana, Kai would go back to being the emperor of the Eastern Commonwealth. And someday he was going to need an empress. She might have a blood claim to Luna and the hope that, (laughs) and the hope that the lunar people would choose anyone over Levana, even a politically inept teenager who is made up of (laughs) 36.28% cybernetic and manufactured materials. But she had seen the prejudices of the people in the Commonwealth. Something told her they wouldn't be as accepting of her as a ruler. There's like so many reminders in that yeah. in those those short, simple sentences of like, just in case you guys forgot, Cinder is thirty six percent cyborg. She's the <laughs> she's the blood heir to the moon. Uh, cyborgs are discriminated against in the Eastern Commonwealth. Lunars are discriminated against pretty much everywhere on Earth. Um, so I feel like that's, like, a slight recap paragraph, but... But it's a great one. It's a great one, because it's, it's something that we need to keep in mind, because the way that they're setting this up, the way Marissa is setting this up, it feels like they have an expiration date. Yeah. Right? Right. It does. 
is, and it's they're getting close to it, which is really sad. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know. It def- it definitely makes sense why she would be hiding now, <laughs> right? Because you don't want it's like avoiding someone so that they won't break up with you. Right. You can't break up with me if I don't answer the phone. But he doesn't want to break up with her. I know, but she worries about the consequences of of how long it'll last, basically. Right. And she doesn't even know if she wants to be an empress. She doesn't even know if she wants to be a princess. Right. Because she only just found out she was a princess. It can't have been that long ago, right? Like two or three months? Yeah. It's, It's not been long. So definitely doesn't want to be that. And now they're like, okay, well, no, we're gonna we're gonna help you reclaim your throne. And she's like, well, I don't want to be a princess. Don't want to rule the moon. And then it's like, oh, but if you want to be with Kai, who is the emperor, well, now you have to be empress. It's just lots of lots of ways for her to end up as something she does not want to be. It reminds me of in the first book, in the very first book, Kai. And Cinder had this, like, cute back and forth for a little while. And Kai was persistent. And Cinder had to be like, dude, we have no future. You're right. the future emperor of the country. And I'm a mechanic. We got yeah. nothing. Nothing. And she go- she ghosted him because of this. Yeah. And right. and he was like, what kind I forget what he said. But she, oh, what was it? You know what? I have the book. Hold on. Six and a half hours later. Gotcha. Haha, I did it. Okay. Page 455 of Cress. Forever? You are the emperor of an entire country. There was never going to be a forever. I did it. Nice. See you. That took way too long. <laughs> I made editing for myself is what I just did. Um, oh my God. <laughs> it's all good. But it reminds me of that moment when she was trying to explain to him that, like, they were never going to have a future together anyways. Right. And now now that's a rare possibility, and yet it's still not. Like, it's more of a possibility. It's, it's in some way, it's more of a possibility than when she was just a cyborg mechanic, but also right. not. Right. Like, now she's quote eligible because she's not a you know commoner or whatever but she's gonna be on the moon she is also at this point like still a wanted criminal yeah but he can get rid of that (laughs) wanted by the country she's about wanting to take over and his country so yeah that they can make that go away (laughs) that they can handle kaya asks her how her training is going because she's still trying to work on her gift. Um, but Wolf is so depressed. Yeah. That sparring with him is, like, a fraction of the difficulty level. Because he's just, like, completely de- defeated without Scarlet around. This, I wrote down in my notes that it reminds me of pet sitting. Oh. <laughs> because Wolf, he has those, like, those wolf instincts are, like, they're there, and we have a friend. We have some friends, and whenever we watch their dog, the dog just stares out the window the entire time they're gone. Oh no! Just waiting. Poor baby. Like, <laughs> so they're like, "Oh, Wolf is the shadow of his former self." I'm like, "Yes, 
the same way Coda turns into a shadow of his form. Oh my god. That's so, so funny. He's just, he's completely heartbroken at the loss of the girl he met a month ago and determined, <laughs> determined <laughs> to go to Luna and rescue her. And Cinder thinks that he's pretty much taught her all he can teach her anyway. She's just, eventually she's just going to have to start working on it and see what happens. Right. So Kai says, well, you could practice your gift on me. And Cinder is like, hell no. And he's like, what? You could practice, right? And she's like, I'm sorry, did you not hear me? I said, no. He suggests that they could use a code word when she's manipulating him so that he knows what's happening. Like, what are those things called? Wire cutters. Because I love that she's like, can you hand me those wire cutters? And Kai is like, uh, which one of these things is a wire cutter? Just look at them, Kai. <laughs> which one looks like it could cut wires, Kai? Because that one I is going to be most likely going to be the, the wire cutters. I'm sure she has lots of tools in there. But I feel like when I think about my toolbox, there's really only... I don't know. I'm, I'm not about to hand her a hammer. Like, well, then he forgets that he forgets it immediately. He's like, what are those called again? I know. <laughs> he was so caught up in trying to figure out what they were that he didn't actually pay attention to what they were called. That's not a hard one, Kai. He's like just going stir crazy, not being able to help anybody, not being able to do anything. I do love when she's like, well, you can make any girl swoon with your smile. Yes. Well, because he has that whole, and I know that, like, in your notes, you drew attention to his whole thing at the bottom of page 40. Cinder, I have nothing better to do. Literally nothing better to do. My time on this ship has taught me that I have zero practical skills. I can't cook. I can't fix anything. I can't help Cress with her surveillance. I know nothing about guns or fighting or... Mostly I'm just a good talker and that's only useful in politics. <laughs> Poor Kai. I... Poor well, sad little rich boy. <laughs> I, I wrote down in my notes, um, literally me looking for a job after college <laughs> and gave Kai my resume. Because that's absolutely how it and it's it's such a relatable little bit for me and I feel like probably a lot of people you 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 think you're learning what you're supposed to be learning to succeed in the world and then it's like I've never used geogebra but I wish someone would have taught me how to read this benefits package so I know if I'm getting screwed or if this is a good deductible oh, right. like <laughs> or how to do my taxes right <laughs> you taught me I learned about American history the same exact American history by the way every single year from like fifth grade to graduation but nobody thought it was a good idea to teach me how to do my taxes right and I feel like every year you learned history every year it was like you learned this last year but we're gonna learn it different people were actually a little bit worse than they told you in fifth grade <laughs> and then they kind of like ramp it up as you go we didn't want to traumatize I mean, you when you're younger <laughs> But now, we don't care about you as much. Third grade, they're teaching you cute little uh, song rhymes about Christopher Columbus. And by the time you're in college, you're like, all right. Um. They're, they're, so he was the worst. By the time you get to college, it's like, you need to forget everything you ever learned about Christopher Columbus. 
Uh, yes. uh, why? Because uh, it was all a lie. So, oh, cool. Glad I just spent literally half of my life learning about it. Literally right. half of my life because I'm only in my 20s and this was like a good 10 years of my education. Right. <laughs> like, oh, look how cute. He had three boats and he made I mean, friends. <laughs> Kai, Kai does have the, the political skills and the like strategic skills and the diplomacy skills that he has. Those are valuable. They're just yes. not practical. <laughs> No. And right now they're not valuable. Well, I, he could be help. She's princess trying to take over a country. I guess he could be helping her, like, learn how to be less cindery. <laughs> Maybe. I right? mean, he's definitely picking himself into a certain career path here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, he was born into it, so yeah. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> but... Cinder, Cinder concedes. She does a tiny little manipulation on Kai. She controls his hand and flips the wire cutters over his knuckles. And he's like, oh, I always wondered how you did that. And she's like, it's too easy. Like, it's, I mean, it's not even an effort. With Wolf, there's at least a challenge. But this is like, I could do this while doing calculus. And he's like, uh, but you have a calculator in your head, so... <laughs> Um, having taken calculus, it's still hard to do with a calculator, Kai. <laughs> You're lucky I passed algebra, okay? <laughs> I had a tutor for algebra. I was like, I'm not losing my 4.0 over this, but if you make me take it, fine. Uh, my husband teaches algebra, and I still don't know algebra, so... I, I know that it's valuable, and I'm just not... I don't care. It's not valuable for my degree, so why do I care? Right. <laughs> the problem-solving skills you learn along the way. (laughs) She kisses him and says what they really need to do is they need to convince Lavana to have the wedding on the moon. So the last reminder of what we left off with in Crest, that they're going to try to convince Lavana to have the wedding on the moon so that they can get to said moon. Because if you remember... Dr. Erland was the one who pointed out to Cinder that she has to go to the moon if she wants to be their queen. The big rock in the sky that you are destined to rule, that thing ring a bell? (laughs) Yes. Yep. (sighs) Okay, so let's talk about chapter titles. Yes. Okay, so I chose Things I'll Never Say by Avril Lavigne, uh, which is an adorable song. It was on her first album. So I'm aging myself a little bit by knowing it. <laughs> I love it because it, I think it describes a lot of the relationships in this whole series, really. But especially this instance with Kai and Cinder. I'm feeling nervous trying to be so perfect because I know you're worth it. Cinder is constantly feeling, she's, there's, there's moments throughout the series where she's constantly like, Kai could have any girl he wants. Kai is the emperor. Kai is this amazing prize what am I she doesn't see her own value and her own worth she's constantly worried about that and then yeah this I think works for both Kai and Cinder if I could say what I want to say I'd say I want to blow you away be with you every night am I squeezing you too tight if I could see if I could see what I want to see I want to see you go down on one knee and marry me today Aww. Bless you. Aww. Um, 
I love Kai and Cinder, don't we all? But I think that there's a lot they're not saying right now. A lot they're not saying right now. They're avoiding it. They're avoiding as much of it as possible. And I don't I don't necessarily blame them. Like, I get that. I used to do that with my husband because, okay. like I said, we were long distance. And I avoided the conversation of, like, what's going to happen next for a while because I was like, right. well... If we don't talk about it, he can't tell me I'm not doing long distance anymore. I got to a point where I was like, he keeps talking about how much he hates this long distance. I wonder if he's going to break up with me. I had no idea marriage was an option. I was like, oh, marriage? Okay, that works way better than what I was thinking. Um, That's a solution. (laughs) So what was your song choice for this one? So I chose the song Hold On by the Sweetlings. And when I first started looking for songs, this was the first one that popped into my head. And I was like, no, 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 don't take the first one. Try to find a different one. But I kept coming back to this one. Um, And I feel like, let's see. Okay, so the lyrics in the second verse, it says, won't you hold me while the waves sing us to sleep? Won't you hold me while the waves rock us gently? Feel the sway beneath our feet. Won't you hold, just hold me? And then it goes, listen to the hum of silence getting closer. Feel your every breath. Nothing's meant to last forever. It's only you and me there till the darkness calls. And then leading the song, it's let's face the dawn together. We'll brave whatever comes. And it just reminds me of the place where Cinder and Kai are in this chapter, where it's very much like they don't know what is going to happen in like in the coming days and all they can do in this moment is like hold each other and just sort of like just like really taking stock of these moments that they have left before whatever happens happens especially like that last bit of the song let's face the dawn together we'll brave whatever comes like this song repeats it multiple times and it's just like a I don't know, even though they're going to have to split up here pretty quick in the coming chapters, like, they're still going to be together, like, fighting Lovana as a united force, mm-hmm. and they're both working to make them work, like, whatever, however small the odds are. Yeah, I agree. So what was your quote for this one? My quote was, it was their 17th kiss. Her brain interface was keeping a tally somewhat against her will, and she wondered if she would ever get used to this feeling. You don't. It's magical every time. Every time. <laughs> every kiss is magic. I mean, oh, uh, for, it's just... For me, because I'm a big, hopeless, romantic dork, I'm sure my husband is, like, used to it now. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the same way. Like, oh. My husband makes fun of me because every day when, like, he'll walk in, uh, he's on summer break right now, and I'm still working from home with COVID, he'll walk into the office to my breakfast, and I'll go, kiss me, and he'll go, ugh, again? <laughs> I'm always, I'm always like, give me another one. <laughs> or, like, if he, yeah. if I'm in the, if I'm in the living room reading, and he comes out of his office to, like, get a drink and go back to his room, I'm like, why would you walk by? And not, like, do a drive-by kiss, dude. Like, what's up with yes. that? <laughs> that seems rude. It's very rude. How dare he? Right? What was your, uh, so what was your quote? Wolf had been a shadow of his former self since Scarlet had been captured. 
Oh, listeners, you know how much I love Wolf and Scarlet. The level of devotion Wolf has for her is, like, unmatched in history. There's nothing in history that compares. You can fight me on that. (laughs) Well, it's because Scarlet goes into it in the next chapter, right? Yeah, there's, like, a – it's, like, a protective thing. Yeah. It's, you know, they gave him the instinct to be loyal. (laughs) And so he was. Nope. Yeah, I just – I miss seeing the two of them together. I miss that connection that they have. And that quote coupled with the reveal in the next chapter from Scarlet, I just was really feeling the wolflet vibes this week. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire. We're the hosts of Fictional Hangover Podcast. Fictional Hangover is a podcast about young adult and new adult books, series, authors, and voice actors that is full of spoilers. New episodes are released every Wednesday. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on fictionalhangover.com. Remember, the only cure for a fictional hangover is another book. Now, back to the episode. So let's talk about the next chapter and what goes on. Uh, yes. Scarlet POV. She's playing fetch with Ryu. My first note is Ryu is the best boy. I know him so cute. Him just go play fetch. Oh, yes. I was so totally not talking to you. Oh, no. no. You can go right back to sleep. Uh, <laughs> his ears just perked up like, I'll go get my ball, mom. What's going oh, on? No. <laughs> um, yeah, I love it. And I love that Like we we get quite a bit of insight here. But the the biggest reveal that we get, because I just realized it's 8 o'clock, uh, the biggest reveal that we get is that Scarlet is touch-starved, very touch-starved, yes. um, to the point where any tiny little bit of contact is welcome. Like Winter's petting her head. Oh my gosh, Winter. <sighs> oh. Well... To be fair, it feels really good when people play with your hair. So it does. My I have curly hair, and my husband's constantly like, or wrapping it around fingers. You know. Yes. Scarlet's playing with Ryu, and Winter shows up with a basket, and it's one of her best days because she brought treats and news. And I love that Scarlet is like, "Is it a bigger cage with plumbing and a self feeder?" And she's like being facetious, but she's also like, "That actually doesn't sound bad." Also, please. <laughs> and I'm reminded, I, I had an issue with this in book three, like, that she doesn't have a bed, she can't stand up. Like, I get that she's just a, quote, pet, but, girl, this is not how you treat your pets. No. That Come is, that's on. A, no. That's a, you don't want to keep a dog that way. I mean, even Ryu's got a better setup. Ryu has a way better setup. He can, like, walk around and stuff. He can play fetch. So... She tells Scarlet that Jason is back, and we have a moment where Scarlet is mesmerized by Winter's beauty. Uh-huh. I love that. I love that it's, like, one of the few things that gets through Scarlet's, like, hard outer shell. I know. And Winter reveals that her friends are alive, which makes Scarlet dizzy with hope and euphoria. Hmm. And I love, I love that Winter is like, and your wolf misses you very much. Well, Jason said he was driving everybody rocket mad with his whining, but it's kind of the same thing. Like, I just love it so much. <laughs> yes. Oh, I know. I I feel like Scarlet deserved this tiny win right here because she's a, 
She has had it worse than anyone. Yeah. I'm sorry. I know Thorne went blind and, like, had to walk around the desert and stuff, but, like, this is way worse. Um, he got better. He got better and Scarlet is still suffering. I'm not going to see Scarlet's finger grow back. Oh, that's true. And Thorne did get his eyesight back. Maybe she can get a cyborg one like Cinder has. Right. Yes. (laughs) I love that when she found out that Cinder had kidnapped Kai, she was, like, smug about it. She was, she was just, like, sitting in her zoo cell, like, that's my girl. Yes. <laughs> I mean, she needs a victory, and I feel like this is this is a good one, and I don't blame her. Yeah, I don't blame her at all. Winter tries to give her food, and she's like, I'm not hungry. Which she is, but she just doesn't like Winter's charity, and Winter is like, yes. I think you should take the box. You deserve a treat. Take the box. Scarlet, take the box. And I'm like, Scarlet, take the box, girl. Like, Take the box. Take a hint. <laughs> I love this part because as soon as you, as soon as she uh, shows her like these little apple candies, as the reader who knows the story of Snow White, you're just like, oh no. <laughs> like, just, it's like when, um, at the beginning of Cinder, very beginning, when you see her kind of messing with her cybernetic foot and you know the story of Cinderella, you're like, she's going to lose that foot. Yep. <laughs> and you're seeing, now you see these candies that are her very favorite and they're apple or, flavored. Or when you start Scarlet and she, her grandmother is missing and she meets up with some dude named Wolf. You're like, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and, you're, and she's yeah. like, let's go on this trip together to Paris where my grandmother is. And it's like, yep, leading him to Granny's cottage. Got it. Sure. <laughs> absolutely i don't i just love like when you see those hints of it's so easy for me to forget that these are based off the fairy tales right yeah because those elements are there but they're not the cornerstone of everything that's happening in the story like you could easily tell these all of these stories and take out the fairy tale connections and they would still be a great story right it would still be a bestseller Oh, absolutely. You and know? as soon as you see like those hints, you're like, oh, yeah. Now oh, I know where yeah. this is going. <laughs> oh, so good. So Winter gives her the box and walks away to go see Ryu. And inside it is this tiny little handwritten note that says, Patience, friend, they're coming for you. And my whole face lit up when I read that. Even though I've read this a million times, like my whole face lit up. I was like, yes, girl. They are coming to get you. You just hang on. That wolf cub is going to rescue his girl. (laughs) Yes. So she shoves the candy in her mouth and tries to eat it so quickly that when she tries to swallow it, it scratches her throat. Did you ever have, um, in the, like, 2000s and 90s, they had these suckers that were, like, green apple suckers. And on the inside, it was, like, a caramel thing and on the outside it was like sour apple uh sucker stuff i did you ever have those i know the ones that are like on the outside it's the caramel and then on the inside it's the green is that what it is it's the outside is caramel and the inside is green think so i'm googling yes yes you're right that's exactly what i'm thinking of that is what i picture only a fancy version whenever they talk about the (laughs) the sour apple petites like that's all i can think of well because i imagine them green too but they're red (laughs) it's weird yeah 
I think it's Cause, a sour apple. Because sour makes me think of, like, Granny Smith apples, which are green. Right, right. Yeah, because I definitely imagine them green, even though it clearly says red in the book. It does, but, like, your brain does things, right? Like, right. like Dr. Erland didn't have a mustache in the books, but on I will die on the <laughs> hill that he had one. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Winter reveals to Scarlet that she knows who Cinder really is now, and she's curious about what Cinder is like, and... Scarlet thinks about Cinder, and she's like, well, she's a brilliant mechanic. She's honorable. She's brave. She has a crush on Kai, but actually knows how to keep her cool, Winter. Uh, <laughs> and so she decides that what what Winter is actually asking is, what is she like? Not what does she like, not what personality traits does she have. And she says, she's not like Lavana. And, yeah. you, and you see this moment where Winter kind of relaxes because of that. Yeah. I mean, I would be a little worried, too. She's Chanery's kid, after all, and she wasn't super great. Not super great. Nope, nope, so, nope, nope. <laughs> you kind of wonder, like, nature versus nurture, like, even though she grew up on Earth and away from her crazy family like is she still going to have kind of their temperaments right i would be worried too i would be worried too and so i i can understand why this is a big relief to winter who obviously doesn't need another lavana wandering around the palace oh my god can you no (laughs) no thank you um and this is what you were talking about earlier where scarlet explains um, the wolf connection between her and wolf and it's not necessarily love. Um, I disagree scar, but you know, right. to each their own opinion, but she explains the connection that her and wolf have that you and I were talking about earlier. I know they think they're so clever giving soldiers the instincts of wild wolves, the instincts to hunt and kill, but look at Ryu. His instincts lean as much toward playing and loving. If he had a mate and cubs, then his instincts would be to protect them at all cost. That's what Wolf did. He protected me. And then she breaks down a little bit and says that she's worried she'll never see him again. I would be worried, too. I would be worried, too. It's been a while. She hasn't had... This is the first opportunity to have any kind of hope. I mean, that's that's pretty brutal. Yeah. Things don't look great. <laughs> Things do not look great at all. I agree. So, where were we in the notes? Winter strokes her hair. Ah, yes. <laughs> so, she's not Winter's pet. And Winter talks about, Winter basically is like in dreamy eyes over Wolf and the cuteness of Wolflet like the rest of us are. And Scarlet is like, it's not love. It's just, you know. I'm all, he's all I have left. We need each other, but that doesn't make it love. And Winter's like, "Uh, that's precisely what makes it love. And I love that. I love that. I do like that it's, I think it's a little funny when Scarlet is like, in her brain, she's like, I don't need to be psychoanalyzed by someone who thinks the walls are bleeding. Oh my god, I know. It's so sassy. Like, oh, I... I really love how Winter is petting Scarlet, but you know how 
bad Scarlet has to smell. Well, and she's wearing the hoodie. It says that she's still wearing her hoodie, even though it's, like, covered in blood and filth and just so much disgust. But, like, it reminds her of home and her grandmother, and it's, like, one small bit of defiance that she has. But it's so dirty that it's not even red anymore. Right. That's grody. Oh and, like, she hasn't showered, right? She's no. gotta be, her hair's gotta be so greasy, but Winter's just such a sweetheart. <laughs> I don't know, maybe they hose her down every once in a while, but we're not told oh, that. I mean, they, no. they, they keep her, they let her pee in a trough. If they're giving her a bath, they're hosing her down. Right, it's, and, and it's cold. And it's cold. So let's talk about your song choices for Chapter 5. Yes. So my song Chapter 5 was Six Weeks by Of Monsters and Men. Um, and what first drew me to this song was definitely the title, Six Weeks. I don't know exactly how long Scarlet's been there, but it feels Two months, like. I think? Yeah. A month and a half, maybe? Which would be six weeks. Yeah, something like so that. So I was like, okay. And looking through these lyrics, I'm I'm not going to lie, like, they make zero sense to me. Um, (laughs) But, uh, like, most good lyrics should. um, Or shouldn't, I guess. But I definitely, there's a verse that's a wolf, a wolf and I, we share the same cold meal. I float on, float on down. We ride, we ride, we ride, we ride it all out. And then later it's, um... And she's uh, coming back, coming back, coming back, coming back, follows me into the woods, takes me home, which feels very little Red Riding Hood. Um, so I guess I took it very literally, or it's her and Ryu. <laughs> They're both animals in a zoo, so we share the same cold meal. Like, they're neither of them are getting... <laughs> Ryu, let's be real, would probably be happier down in a forest on Earth. And Scarlet would definitely be happier not in her, in her cage. So I, this would have stuck out to me because of that. Yeah, I like that. I think there's a lot of good connections there. So I chose two songs. I chose Safe and Sound by Taylor Swift. So there's multiple moments where Scarlet like, misses the comfort and safety of being at home and being with Wolf and being with her grandmother. Um, but this chapter gives her hope that everything's going to be okay and that's kind of what this song is about just close your eyes the sun is going down you'll be all right no one can hurt you now come morning light you and i'll be safe and sound um and the the song doesn't perfectly fit but i think the melody and the the tone of the song work for like what scarlet is going through um and then the other song i chose is called vulnerable by selena gomez we never see Scarlet vulnerable ever, and this is yeah. our this is like our first real moment where we even see a side of her that could be vulnerable. Um, and it's a little it's just very jarring, I think. And so that song kind of came into my mind as a way of, of showing what Scarlet is going through and how this this situation is changing her. Yeah, I, I love both of those songs. Yay. I think they fit perfect. 
I'm a big fan of, of Selena Gomez, and I loved her newest album, so any excuse to use a song from it, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm a big Swifty, so. Yes, me too. That's My listeners know that all too well. <laughs> so okay, let's so talk about your chapter quote. Yes, my quote. Da, da. Okay. Also, she had a crush on Emperor Kai as big as Winter had on Jason, although Cinder tried a lot harder to pretend otherwise. This stuck out to me because, uh, first of all, hypocrite. Um, <laughs> and she's here pretending not to be in love with the wolf. Okay, Scarlet. Right? And then, <laughs> second, like, a slightly sadder note, like, it kind of shows how long she's been away from her friends because we literally just saw Cinder and Kai making out in the ancient room. <laughs> and she doesn't know what's going on with them. Right. Because she's been captive so poor baby i know i liked that i like it too um mine was just that last line actually dear friend i suspect that is precisely what makes it love yeah so patreon members will get to vote on chapter titles for this week and let's talk about we'll take a second here and talk about beta and uh the apex series and tell everybody um what beta is about and maybe where they could find your books and you on social media yeah okay so beta is the first book in the apex cycle and the apex cycle is a trilogy the second book is coming out in october and it's called delta so beta follows high school sophomore samantha hatterson as she is moving to the man-made city island of new delos and what's special about New Delos is it's known for its high population of Apex. And the Apex are basically superhumans. They don't make themselves known, so they're all kind of hiding. But you know that they're there. Basically, Samantha is not Apex. She has no superpowers. But when she arrives on the island, there's been a spat of kidnappings. And when she herself is targeted as uh, someone to kidnap. She kind of gets pulled into the world of the Apex, and suddenly it's a whole game of secret identities and family secrets. So, and that's where you start off with Beta. And it's available as an ebook or online wherever books are sold. So, Amazon or Barnes Noble or your local indie bookstore. And for Prince Kai fan pod listeners, you can go to my website, which is www.mtzimni.com, and if you go to the shop. You can use promo code Prince Kai Fanpod, all caps, no spaces, to download a free ebook copy. Yay! Of Thank you so much for that. Yeah. So, listeners, you heard it here first, and you'll hear you heard it here only. I'm not doing this on social media. That defeats the purpose. This is for people who actually come onto my podcast and listen to my episodes. Um, so, for all, I don't know. <laughs> I think I have like 300 subscribers or something. So if any of you want to download the book, you have the option to, and it's really good. Um, And it's really interesting because I'm always a little hesitant when it comes to indie authors um, because you just never know what you're getting. You know? Yeah. Um, So I was very pleasantly surprised when I started reading this, and I was like, oh, this is great. And I think I was like three or four chapters in, and I told my husband, I was like, this is really good. And he was like, yeah. I was like, yeah. He was like, okay. So. (laughs) (laughs) 
it's, uh, it was a lot of fun to write. I'm looking forward to Delta, which comes out in October, you said? Yes, October 12th. And pre-order for uh, shipping within the U.S. Uh, should be live August 1st. And if you pre-order the paperback from my website, um, it will be a signed copy. That's exciting. Yeah. So it's been a fun time. I think I started... I started watching My Hero Academia after I started writing it, oh. and I sort of had, like, a little bit of a panicky moment, where I was like, oh no, this is the same plot. It's not. It's not. <gasps> it's not. All superhero stuff is somewhat similar, but it's not that I same. Know. Yeah. They're like, he, Doria has no powers, and I was like, oh no. But then he gets them pretty quick, so. Yeah, he does. Please remember that Prince Kai Fan Pod is a free podcast, and always will be. If you'd like to show your support for the show, head over to patreon.com slash princekaifanpod. Patreon allows you to get extra perks and behind-the-scenes bonuses for only $1 a month. If you can't join Patreon but would still like to show your support because you just love the show so much, head over to coffee.com slash princekaifanpod. That's K-O hyphen F-I dot com slash princekaifanpod and leave a one-time only tip. Your support will help me bring you more TLC and Marissa Meyer content that you know and love. Now, let's get back to the episode. So, listeners, please use that promo code and check out Beta in a free download. Next week, we're going to cover chapters 6 and 7. This week, the bonus word hair appeared nine times, Captain once, and Scars once, and there were not any Easter eggs, but as always... If you go hunting and find some, just message me and I will add them to the list. Um, rate, review, and subscribe. Follow on Instagram. Check out Patreon for a chance to be a guest on an episode with me and other super awesome perks. Mary, where can everybody find you on social media if they would like to do so? Yeah, I am on Instagram at mtzimney. That is Z-I-M-N-Y. There is no E in it. I am on TikTok, also MT Zimney, and I'm on Twitter, which is T underscore Zimney. This is such a cool last name. I like it. It means, oh, it means winter, actually, in <gasps> Polish. That is so cool. Perfect. I, I love that. There was a substitute teacher at my high school, and every time she was in my class, she was, like, Polish. She'd be like, oh, yeah, winter. <laughs> I love that. I love that. (laughs) Well, thank you very much for coming today. I really appreciate it. And I hope listeners have a chance to go and check out all of your awesome work. Thank you so much for having me on. It was really fun. Listeners, thank you for being here. Keep reading, keep listening, and don't get glamored. Bye. The passages read for you today are from Winter by Marissa Meyer. This podcast was hosted and produced by Bethany Finger. Today's special guest was author M.T. Zimney. The intro-outro music was composed by Emma Pavo, and the logo art was created by Angela Wong. Thank you for listening. You are getting sleepy. Your CPAP mask is clamped tightly to your face. You will not toss and turn through the whooshing. You will not throw the mask. It's not working, Harold. People who struggle with CPAP have partners who struggle too. Luckily, now there's Inspire. No mask, no hose, just sleep. When I snap my fingers, you will remember to visit InspireSleep.com. 
Inspire is not for everyone. Talk to your doctor to see if it's right for you and review important safety information at inspiresleep.com.